Welcome to part two of my Understanding the Dark Side series. In this series, I'm continuing to ask the following questions to my guests. In the current political climate, the word evil is bandied about a lot. By demonizing one's opponents and comparing them to one of your favorite dictators in the 20th century, people have weaponized these concepts to further their own goals. But what is evil really? What is the Torah perspective on this concept? How do we identify it? How do we vanquish it? My second guest in this series is Representative Devorah Hannah Weisswasser. She has been a multi-talented teacher extraordinaire for over 20 years. Throughout her educational career, she has worn many hats. Her teaching experience includes Asia Torah, NCSY, and the Forest Hill Jewish Center. Currently, she works as both a public lecturer and a private teacher for Jewish women converts. Among her other gifts, she is also blessed with a true musical talent. I can personally attest to this since I spent many years as a guest at her Shabbos table. If you wish to find her online, she has a dynamic Orthodox women's YouTube channel called Torah with a Takeaway. In each of her programs, she aims in her own words to make every one of her lectures a life changer. There's something truly transformational in what she has to say in this interview. I'm not just saying this because she's a great friend of mine, but because she truly is a gifted teacher. I benefited greatly from it. I believe you will too. Just a small note here, my apologies for the recording quality on my end. I accidentally put the mic on the wrong setting. Nonetheless, it's still very audible, so enjoy. Hi, um, I have with me here today, uh, well, it's actually night where I am and day where my friend is, um, my wonderful friend, Rebetzin Devorah Hannah Weisswasser, and she is going to give us her take today on this question that I'm asking, and we're talking once again about how do we define evil, how do we identify it, and how do we get rid of it? So without further ado, Rebetzin, take it away. All right, I hope I can take it away enough. Okay, my little corner of understanding the Torah, I'm not the biggest Torah scholar in the universe, but from what I've read and researched all the years that I've been teaching, which are many, the definition of evil, according to the Torah, is that man is given two basic forces within him. There's his physicality and his spirituality. And the way it's supposed to run, according to the Hasidic masters, is that your mind and your spirit have to rule over your body, not vice versa. Now, this, mm -hmm. the body is a very important function you're supposed to take care of. If you don't take care of your horse, you have no way to get to town. Right. So you have to take care of your body. You have to appreciate your body. You have to, you know, it was a gift given from God. You have to do what you can with it. But if you let the me, the, the selfish, egocentric child that we have within us, if we let that rule over our body, I mean, over our, our spirit, then right. we haven't performed our mission properly in life. Mm -hmm. We find that according to Jewish understanding, a person is born with what's called the Yetzahara, the evil inclination, the inclination toward evil from birth. And that's why, according to Piaget's theory, that a child, a baby, an infant is the most egocentric of any being on the face of this earth. He is right. the biggest tyrannical despot. He doesn't care if his mother is, hasn't slept all night. He doesn't care if his parents have other needs. It's all about me. Now, we hope when a person becomes like 12 or 13, that's approximately the age that Piaget tells us that a person has abstract reasoning. At that age, a person is given another perspective, able to see 
other people, able to see God, able to see what his purpose in life is. He's not just motivated by what's in it for me like a child is. That's why a child does very, very well with reward and punishment. But when we're older, what happens is our definition of an evil person is a person that is totally ruled by his evil inclination, meaning the world is there to serve me. Like I look at this war going on right now in the Ukraine. And when you hear people die, you hear that there's leaders of countries that have to make decisions to kill people. I'm not here to judge who's right and wrong on this. That's not the purpose of this talk. But the purpose is to establish that when we don't think of others, it's all about me, then we haven't grown a bit from our infancy. And that's not what a man's mission is to be. A man is supposed to overcome his personal ego and think of others. When a man is totally consumed with everything about me and he ignores society, doesn't benefit society, doesn't benefit others or his immediate family, usually it even comes out more on your immediate family, that person has given in to his evil inclination. Now, we don't believe that anybody is stuck there. A person can always get out of it. He can change. We always can refresh ourselves. We always can grow. We're not stuck in this, this whole thing, you know? Could I actually say that, would it be hopefully not too simplistic to say that the definition of evil is somebody who who's stayed in the most selfish stage in life and hasn't been able to move beyond it. Right. Exactly. Okay. But there's levels too. this whole thing is based on levels. It depends on your upbringing, like to be selfish. There's a lot of thing of nature or nurture and all that kind of stuff. And God gives an excuse. Each person's on his own personal journey from where he started to where he has to go. But yet the way to get out of it is to think they and him, the one above, not to think about myself, to get myself out of the picture. Rabbi Dessler gives an interesting thing. It's too much to talk about for this podcast. Just to give a quick lowdown to our audience, uh, Rabbi Dessler is the great master of, do you want to explain to people? Jewish philosophy. And he passed away in the, the 1950s. Okay, um, right. Great Jewish philosopher. He was a great speaker about personal development and and personal growth, right? Right, and, right. among other things, right? Okay. Right, exactly. So, anyway, so Rabbi Dessler says that usually we have different voices going inside of us, and that is represented by the well, Freud would call it the, the ego and the superego, but we call it the evil inclination and the good inclination. There's a <laughs> voice saying, "I want that other chocolate," <laughs> and the other voice says, "You're on a diet; you shouldn't be doing it." Rabbi Dessler says. Often, not always, but often, you can identify what the evil is within you by hearing, since the sin of the first man, the evil inclination is actually stronger in a person than the good inclination. Mm -hmm. Because we're not born in sin. There's no original sin. We don't believe in that in our religion. But we do believe that man has more predisposition since he was a child for 12 or 13 years till he gets his good inclination. He's more predisposed to just think about me. And if there is now another voice that enters within, and he's got a challenge his whole life of whether to do pursue the good or the evil. He says, if you look which is first person, that is often your evil inclination. And the good inclination is often second or third person. Like I want the chocolate. And another voice says, but you shouldn't. We can identify just by that, by knowing where are we going. A life we believe is like a battlefield. 
a person overcomes certain challenges and then he moves the boundaries, he becomes greater. And then there's always going to be a challenge, even on more minute things. There's always a challenge in life. And it's always the challenge of me versus what's right or versus them or the other. Now we have to know certain things we need. Like if a person feels he needs to eat three meals a day, let's say, or he needs eight hours of sleep, he has to know what he needs. He needs certain basics, but we're talking about beyond basics. A person has to be able to identify basically to try to live a life that's more altruistic and what's what to find his purpose in life that helps society and to be somebody that serves God. But I feel there's another component in here besides the me versus you. Mm -hmm. The other component is in Judaism, they believe that God fearing makes a huge difference. There's a certain event that takes place in Genesis where there was a king named Abimelech. And this Abimelech was a very morally right person. And he was about to take the wife of Abraham unknowingly. He thought it was his, Abraham said this, this that Sarah was his sister. And he was about to take Sarah into his own harem. And then something happened. He had a certain dream, a vision that he was about to mess with a married woman of a great holy man. And he calls Abraham in and he tells him, why didn't you tell me that she was your wife? I wouldn't have touched her. And Abraham answers him, I was afraid because there's no fear of heaven in this place. And they would kill me for my wife. Abraham teaches us an additional thing. Not only are we required to think outside of ourselves and think about the other and to think about a bigger picture and what's morally right versus our own selfish needs. Also, a lot of times when people are setting a moral compass, and they don't have any fear of God, a person can, even with good intentions, can set things kind of the way they want them to go. So we believe that we have instructions, a one-time God-given event of giving of the Torah, and that event will give us the compass in our life to teach us which way to pursue. And without fear of God, people are apt to like, kind of twist things a bit and say, well, in this case, it's okay. Or most people are doing it. So it's okay. But once we have that moral compass, that also helps direct us as to what evil is and what good is in God's eyes. So those are the two basic points that I felt with evil. About defining it and identifying your body and your selfish needs. And two, not having fear of heaven. Once a person incorporates both those things, they try to remind themselves that they have to give an accounting, that there's a higher being watching what they do, and they have to give an accounting of what they're doing. Plus, if they're real, if they're thinking into themselves, am I doing something for myself or something that's going to benefit others or God or society or something altruistic, then they know they're on the proper path and they can keep on. It's also a very good thing for a person sometimes when they're stuck is to have somebody outside of them. Because Rabbi Dessler says, that evil inclination for me is not necessarily the one for my friend. And if I ask somebody else's advice, they're not biased the way I am about this thing. And it's always good to have things to bounce off someone else, mentor, or even a friend, somebody outside of ourselves. And if people have teenage children, they'll always tell us things that we're doing wrong that we aren't even doing wrong. So having a teenager is a big benefit because it teaches you even the things you're not doing wrong that are wrong (laughs) or getting married. Being married gives us a different perspective that 
somebody will point out our, sometimes not always in the nicest way, but if someone will point out our failings and we have a different perspective, so it's easier for us to do the right thing. Very easy to be righteous and think about God all by ourselves. But in this circle of other people, our family, if we listen carefully enough, will often tell us what we need to improve on. So this part, I'm just kind of, that's how, if we want to get rid of it, that's that aspect, that's that's your solution to it. I mean, your interpretation of the solution to it. It's funny, I'm thinking of evil in a kind of objective way of looking outside of ourselves and at other people. And I have another speaker who approached it from the same approach as you. It's something about ourselves and that that's something that that we do have to look into ourselves. And I really get that. And there's something for me to take away from that and our audiences, you know, our audience to take away from that. But I guess the thing that's running through my mind is that I'm just wondering, how does it help us when we're dealing with the bad things that are going on in the world and people who are doing bad? And that one of my, and I'm probably going to bring this up at some other point later on, but I just would like to bring it up with you for a second, is that maybe one of the reasons we've gotten to where we are today and all the things that are that are going on, you know, the bad things that are going on behind the scenes and also are coming into full light right now with certain world leaders is that because if people can't identify what's bad to begin with and the lines get blurred, then we no longer are able to resist what it is if we can't understand it. And how is it that what you're telling would help us with that? I mean, I can see how it would in some ways, but I kind of want to hear it from you because I think, you know, a lot of us are, I shouldn't say, you know, a lot of us are facing these days as it's, is not being able to understand what bad is to begin with, and then being able to respond to that, you know, and everything has become so relative that we can't understand it anymore. Or it's not just that people get confused, you know, like somebody who is nice looking and well put together and speaks with a very even tone, but is doing terrible things. And somehow we're saying, oh, that person is good because of the way they're presenting themselves. I just wondering how we can kind of start to inoculate ourselves better and develop a better vision of of what it is. Right. I think the way the Torah perspective for these things is that we feel that most of society does not take the time to think about these concepts like you do. That's the problem. Most people let's say most world leaders are there for the power grab, for the honor and the glory. And they don't think what life is about for me. What am I here to do with life? People are meaningless. It's just about (laughs) my own personal life. I just think this has been mankind's challenge since the inception of time. And it's very ironic that here we're thousands of years away from when the world was started and, and, you know, you'd think we're not barbarians anymore and we're not cannibals anymore and we're not this and we're not that. And yet man has constantly has the same challenges any century in different ways, albeit, but the main things are still out there. And most people don't even think that way. Most people are all thinking what's in it for me, what's entitlements, that's today's, you know, buzzword and rights, which means entitlements versus responsibilities, which is what am I supposed to do in life? So in the Torah perspective, responsibilities is what I'm here for. 
And what am I supposed to do with my life? What's my objective? What am I here to do? And other people is, what am I getting and when am I getting it? And let me get it as soon as possible. All that's happening now because of technology, in fact, is that people want immediate gratification. They don't even have patience. It's even worse. In many schools, they're shortening periods for class time because people cannot concentrate because of all the technology has made it even harder to learn in a certain way. I hear what you're saying. It's, I don't think it's, I think it's really interesting what you're saying. I don't think it's off topic, but I guess it's just, I'm just wondering, how do we put this? It seems to me that a lot of people are thinking about evil. They have a really, because people talk about it all the time. Everybody's evil these days. Everybody's, you know, everybody's, you know, this dictator, that dictator. And people like to say that about one person and the other person will say the completely opposite thing. We'll call that same person. We'll say we'll feel like completely opposite about that. It does seem to me to be something that's kind of people are really using that word a lot in a lot of circles. And they do feel like they're trying to say, well, I know what it is. So well, there's, maybe, a lot yeah. of, there's a lot of uh, <laughs> propaganda. My perspective. The as that's well, there's think, a lot yeah. of people being paid off yeah. to say things which may not even be true. We don't even know what the truth is anymore. Yeah. You're hearing two people saying opposite sides of things and right. you don't even know where the truth lies. Yes. Because right. People are being paid to say, nope, there's nobody that you right. would find unilaterally evil. I mean, yeah. if you go to Germany, who says everyone would still say that Hitler was evil? I don't know. Mm, I'm not right. sure. Yeah. You know, everything is very relative. But, yeah. but the point is that people don't even know there is such a thing as a struggle. People don't know that there's a force inside of them that they can conquer. People think that that force is just natural. See, whereas the Torah perspective is, whereas in an animal, an animal just acts by instinct. And an angel, it just acts by goody-goody stuff. Human beings have a constant struggle within. But some people, once that struggle is dulled to the point where you don't even feel like there's no conscience anymore. I mean, we call that psychopath. You know what I mean? Right. That means yeah, yeah. evil. That is evil. Right. If a person has a dulled conscience, it's so prevalent that he doesn't even have a sense of self. That's called a righteous person. Super righteous right. on the scale. But most people are pretty good in the world. Like most people are somewhere in the middle. But then people are swayed by the external factors of a speaker. Like he could sound intelligent or he could say, I'm giving you what you want. And then he's elected. And then there before you know it. And also the press, people are paid off here, there and everywhere to carry other people's water. And what happens is, again, it's all based on power, selfishness, and not a regard for human life. Do you think there's such a thing as somebody being beyond to being so consumed they're beyond repair? Or is there always, do we have examples in history of people that were there, but made somehow came back? Oh, yes. There are many in the Torah world. There's many examples such of that. There was a certain Roman general, I think it was Vespasian, if I'm not mistaken. There was a famous Roman general who killed tens of thousands of Jews. And he saw certain things that made him like really like he was just so uh, inspired by how evil can get so low that he totally became a convert to Judaism. I mean, there are people like this, a lot of famous. He was, but was he, do we know anything about him after that, after he converted? Like he, we know a little bit that he became a righteous person. Really? You know, people can really. Wow. Really go against their nature. It's a struggle. It's not for the faint of heart. It's a lot of work because your body basically 
If you just leave it on cruise control, your body will just do what it feels like doing. It won't go up for a higher place. From your understanding, I was going to say perspective, but I think that's not the right word. From your understanding, well, we have extreme examples of people that we would maybe think today would be beyond repair, but really people can make that shift. It is possible. That's really interesting. You know, I remember that. I remember hearing that story too, but I just only heard some part of it and not the other. But if I was to kind of take away something from this, I guess it would be that if we get our compass right, I mean, maybe you can tell me what you think of this. If we get our compass right, our moral compass right, this is the Torah perspective. And perhaps so we can control these things inside ourselves because we always have to start with ourselves. But it also perhaps allows us to be able to kind of understand what's right and wrong, you know, here and what's going on. Although you are pointing out that it's very hard to tell, like we can't tell where the world is just a very confusing place right now. I don't think it's our mission for us to evaluate the world because every minute we're busy with the world, we don't have time to work on ourselves. Uh I, I think, I think that we have a mission. This should spur us on to realize that if you don't grab hold of yourself, You can end up like everybody else over there who's becoming so ridiculous about the least, you know, little thing. So the antidote to this is to is to reach into ourselves and improve who we are. Right. So many opportunities, so many people need help. So many people need a listening ear. We can try to get closer to God, you know, in our own ways, spiritual growth, you know, like that's really what we're here for. It gives us more satisfaction in life. And at the same time, it really um, pushes us toward our real mission and, and away from the way the rest of the world or a lot of the world seems to be going. Not all of the world, but there's a lot of people that are really in the wrong place right now. Right. That's really educational. This idea that we just, the more we understand ourselves and our own inclinations, the more that we can improve the world around us, you know, and improve right. what these but things not, are. And- I, would, I would also go further. And yeah. say some people get stuck in the mud and they spend too much time self-analysis. Of course. Uh, yeah. You know, the main thing is to just keep going. We do something wrong, pick yourself up and keep going. Just keep making more right moves. And the more actions that we do, mm-hmm. another Torah perspective is to be a hypocrite. That We feel like screaming and yelling. Instead of reacting, we should create same letters. You know, you feel like wow. reacting to a, a horrible situation. You should create uh, maybe something you would never do in the script. You fake it. And then eventually it becomes part of your persona. You have to build new habits, uh, habits that are positive habits that may help us grow. And that's how we reach it. We spend too much time contemplating. That's also a place to get lost. We have to move and do things and, you know, not dwell on ourselves too much either. Because that's, again, getting back into the self. Reaction and creation. are These words are related in Hebrew. Wow. That's no, really not in Hebrew cool. and English. The word oh, you just, oh, oh, I have the same letters in Hebrew. Ah, uh, it's good. Yeah. Though. Okay. I like it. Okay. But it's an English play on words. Okay. Right. Well, I really thank you for this time. This was really enlightening and it was a pleasure to talk to you about this and to get a chance to pick your brain was really wonderful knowing you for so many years and this was a great resource so thank you so much for joining us and hopefully you will join us again 